Hello there, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Quintessential Ministry Podcast. This is Quint Lindblad, Pastor Quint at Erie First Assembly, and uh, I'm coming at you here from my office, and I thought I would do something a little bit different with today's uh, episode of the Quintessential Ministry Podcast. If you've been following along, and many of you have, and I appreciate that, um, the the response, honestly, has just been awesome, and I appreciate everybody checking out, um, you know, what it is we're, we're kind of doing. It's a little bit different, um, but it's been great to have um, so much feedback, so many people listening in, and just some great guests on. So if you've been following along, you know I've had some awesome people join me on the podcast and share different perspectives on different things, whether that be... Um, you know, my youth pastor, Pastor Chris Vitarelli, with his book, Small Church, Big Deal. That was an awesome episode. Uh, obviously, Pastor Nicole's um, story and testimony of callings don't work with conditions. That was an awesome kickoff to this whole thing. But I thought what I would do today, uh, something a little bit different, if you would allow me to indulge myself, I'd like to just share a little bit of my story and how I ended up in the seat that I am in um, because it is pretty non-traditional as far as ministry paths go, and um, that can be a great thing and also a challenging or hard thing. And so I thought I would just kind of uh, be a little bit vulnerable, share that, and uh, hopefully it helps some people and gives you some insight kind of into where I'm coming from. Uh, so I'm just going to jump right into that. And hopefully my prayer for today is that uh, this is this just... Let you know who I am a little bit more, and a lot of times it can be hard to, you see someone singing on stage, or uh, you hear them in a podcast, and you feel like you know them, but do you really know them? I want to be a very knowable guy. I'm a normal dude with an old motorcycle that breaks down regularly and needs me to tinker with it, and I don't know what I'm doing, and like, I'm a normal guy, and so that's always my hope in any interaction is that I come across as a normal person that's very approachable, so... Anyways, I grew up um, just just over the border in Jamestown, New York, uh, born and raised there. My family's, my, my dad was from there, and uh, it's really all I ever knew was Chautauqua County and that area, obviously ventured to Erie and Buffalo and surrounding cities as I grew up, but um, Jamestown was just kind of where it was at for me. I grew up as a musical kid. I started playing piano when I was five uh, or six years old, and I got really, really talented at that and good. Um, it makes me sad sometimes to think of how good I was because when I turned uh, 14, I picked up a guitar, taught myself how to play that, and kind of walked away from the piano, and I lost like all my abilities, all my skills, and that's kind of depressing. But uh it, uh, I think it all worked out in the end because uh, after a few rocky years, uh, I transitioned to guitar, started a rock and roll band, did what all teenagers uh, want to do. I kind of pulled a lot of it off and uh, started a little punk band with some friends of mine. We made an album and uh, played a bunch of shows. It was a lot of fun, got ourselves into some trouble along the way, but for the most part, um, it was harmless. And uh, anyways, it was through that experience, I was playing in a lot of churches um, as well through that time, like high school, college, and I was playing music in churches, but I would like play my rock concerts on Friday and Saturday nights and party and do all that, and then I would just go to church and, um, and play Sunday morning, and I knew better, and I was raised better than that, and I understood 
kind of that I was living one foot in, one foot out. And so when uh, my band kind of like came to an end and everybody parted ways, uh, I had a come to Jesus moment and I just prayed, um, you know, listen, God, I'm going to lay music down and I'll jump back into it when you say the timing is right. And I didn't think uh, anything of that. I thought that was like a mature thing to do. And I thought six months, a year, I'd learn whatever I need to learn and be back uh, playing music somewhere, somehow. Uh, But actually what happened in that, shortly after praying that prayer and kind of putting that down, was that I got exposed to some business some business stuff. I ended up kind of in the business world. I got a business degree from Jamestown Community College in Jamestown, New York, which uh, that's the extent of my college education. It's community college. Um, and then obviously now I'm doing some some stuff online to get a pastoral degree. But anyways, we'll get to that later. Um, so I got um, kind of wrapped up into some really positive business stuff with some great people and they taught me um, just a lot of really good life skills, business skills, and um, it really grew me up a lot, really fast. I went from kind of not caring about anything and um, running from any sense of responsibility and just wanting to have fun to like trying to be a grown up and trying to trying to do what uh, you know what you do when you're an adult. So that was a pretty big shift, and um, my wife and I got married in in there along the way. Um, and we did a lot of business stuff together. She worked in childcare. She worked in after-school program uh, directing, and I ended up working at my dad's company. Had uh, thoughts and plans to potentially take that over someday um, or buy that from him. But along the way, it had been about eight years since uh, I had prayed that prayer about music, and I kind of sold all my instruments. I think I had one guitar uh, left, uh, or that I'd picked up along the way. I'd sung, or I I had sang, excuse me, at my wedding, my brother's wedding for the most part. Like I was really out of the music world, music scene. And, um, along the way I got, uh, lunch with a friend who had just, um, started a church, uh, right in Jamestown, New York, and they had no real plan for worship. And so, Um, He didn't know I was a musician because it had been that long since I'd played. So we sat down for lunch, and the first thing he said, I said, so how's it going? How's the church? Blah, 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 just making small talk. And um, he said, it's it's going really well. We definitely need to figure out a plan for, like, what we're doing with worship. And um, I didn't – I said, yeah, I mean, for sure. Like, I get that. That's a a big part of church. Um, I was going somewhere else to church. I wasn't even attending that church. And uh, I didn't think anything of it went about my life. About a month later, we got lunch a second time, and he started the conversation with the exact same thing. He said, how's it going? I'm sure it was just still really on his mind. Uh, but he said, I don't, did I ever tell you? Like, we really need to figure out a plan for worship. And at that point, the Holy Spirit really had my attention. And I started to kind of ask pointed questions that um, – led to, so what would this person do? What would this person's responsibilities be? What would, what would? Finally, after about an hour of conversation, I said, hey, I think I could help you out. And he was like, how? How could you help me out? And uh, I said, well, I'm a, I'm a musician. I play piano and guitar and I sing. And 
Um, he had no idea, so he was pretty shocked. And that kind of started a conversation that landed me um, on stage on Easter Sunday about six weeks later um, as their new part-time worship guy. This is a church in Jamestown, New York called Conduit Ministries, which I still love very much. And so, uh, yeah, that was, that. It, you know, it started as this part-time thing, and I still stayed in the business world, still stayed working with my dad, obviously, uh, with his company, and um, just kind of decided to see where things would go from there. And it was really an organic um, learning experience. It was on-the-job training. It was discipling people, going through some pretty serious stuff. It was, you know, obviously reading the word a lot and applying it in real time, people having XYZ experience and me saying, uh, what's the book say and and flipping through and learning. And I had this great base because I grew up in a Christian home, went to a Christian school. Um, I really did have a solid foundation, but I never had to use it. So it was always a lot of uh, great academia, if you will, but not um, didn't have the quote unquote necessity to apply it, but it got really real, really fast. Um, but it also was, it just felt right. And it felt like, wow, this is, this is what I'm supposed to do. And I think a lot of the stuff I learned, uh, through, um, those business opportunities and through building teams and learning how to lead people and, and all those things really um, it was almost like God Trojan horsed, you know, I'll say it this way. I always felt as a teenager that God wanted me to be a pastor. Um, and I didn't, I didn't know how to deal with that. So I just ran from it and I feel like he kind of sneak attacked me and got me into it anyways. And so, um, which I love, I mean, I think that just shows God's, um, God's relentless pursuit and his, willingness to uh, to go by any means necessary and to uh, pull people from whatever whatever way he feels he needs to. So anyways, um, I was working there part-time, but it, it quickly snowballed into more hours, more responsibility, more time. And then eventually it was uh, it was actually spring of 2016. It became a full-time opportunity. I walked away um, with a you know, a, f- a fair salary, but also a lot of faith because it was a step, uh, I guess you'd say in the wrong direction financially for us. But, um, I knew, you know, this will work out. We'll figure it out. God will provide. He always does. And he did. And it was, um, a- another big learning, you know, it was faith on the job, learning on the job, leading people, but it was also faith in learning on the job for just leading my family and for Aaron and I to make the right decisions and to figure out, um, you know, how are we going to do this? What is the right thing? Even if it's hard, what's the right thing? And so uh, that being said, I was full-time for about 15 months at Conduit. I was there three and a half years, but I was full-time for the last year and a half. And um, sorry, I am flipping through my Bible right now because as I'm, th- as I'm saying this, a verse is popping into my head. So I will get to that in a second. Um. Actually, I'll get to it right now. I wrote a piece, uh, a sermon, actually, just yesterday, kind of based around Psalm 1. And as I'm talking, I'm realizing that this really does apply to, um, to, the, to the situation that we walked through in 2016. So Psalm 1, verse 6, the final verse, um, 
of that psalm. It says, for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. I feel like we, um, we clung to verses like this that say the Lord watches over the way of the righteous when we knew this might be hard and this might be um, unconventional what we're doing here, but we know it's of God and we know it is inside his will that we would lead people and lead them well. And so as hard as it is, we're going to trust that he's going to watch over the way of He's going to watch over us. You know, the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. So we're striving to be righteous in his sight, and we're striving to do what he would have us to do. And so we just trust that he is going to watch over us as we do it. So anyways, um, I was at Conduit about 15 months full time. And then at the end of, or I guess the end of the summer of 2017, we went on a vacation to uh, the Outer Banks, see some family, all that stuff. Uh, It's one of my favorite places in the world, the Outer Banks of North Carolina. And we weren't gone 24 hours, and I felt like God was stirring in my heart. Um, Something new is coming. And I looked at Aaron uh, at the end of that first day and said, I think I want to move. And honestly, she looked right back at me and said, I feel the same way. And so we kind of spent the next eight or nine days, however long that trip was, um, filtering through what does that look like, what are are we hearing, feeling, seeing, and um, we didn't know, like we we didn't have certainty, we didn't get to the end of that trip and feel like uh, 100% we're going to move to this part of the country or whatever, but what we did have was this uh, sense that it was time to start kind of casting our net out there and seeing what may or may not happen, so... There's some different websites online, church staffing websites that I started exploring and looking through, but something really interesting happened. Um, I applied all over the country. I, Like I said earlier, I was born and raised in Chautauqua County. It's really all I ever knew, and now that it's time to move, I felt like, well, I'll, I'll go anywhere. I mean, we, I'll go. We're visiting friends in Virginia and North Carolina, and I'm seeing opportunity, and uh, you know, I'm open to whatever God may want. Uh, me to do. So I applied in California. I applied in Colorado. I applied in Washington, literally anywhere and everywhere, um, Michigan. But actually, right before that vacation, um, I had received a text or a call from Pastor Nicole here at Erie First Assembly, and we kind of knew of each other more than we knew each other. Um, But she had called and asked a question about, um, she was just about worship leading and she had asked if I would come talk with her worship team maybe or something. She knew that she was going to be um, going through a transition in that role, uh, that the the guy who was here before me was going to be leaving. And um, she was 100% not, she didn't ask me if I would ever consider it. She knew I loved where I was at and that um, she knew you know, it, it really wasn't on the radar. This was probably July of 2017 that we had this conversation. I went on that vacation in August. So it really wasn't on the radar. Uh, it was so not on the radar that I applied at, I think it was 16 different places uh, all over the country. And it was a Friday night after we got home from that trip. Um, and Aaron said, what about um, that church in Erie that you talked to, uh, what was her name, Nicole? And I was like, oh, I didn't even think of that. 
So, I mean, it was literally so far from my mind. My wife had to remember it, and it was the 17th uh, place that I, I ended up applying. So I actually reached out to her and told her, like, hey, this is really crazy, and I did not see this coming when we talked two months ago, but I've, I've just put my resume out to about 16 different places. Um, so, you know, do you want to be the 17th was kind of how it went. And uh, that started a process from there as I'm having conversations with all these other churches um, of, ha- of starting a conversation with her. And um, so that would have been in, like, September and by early November, I was on staff at Erie First Assembly. So it is a funny thing that I finally came to a place in my life where I felt like, let's move on, let's do something new, let's try something different. And um, I'm thinking Southern California, the Rocky Mountains of Colorado, so many beautiful places Uh, in this country, and uh, I'd love to serve God in any of them. And he said, Erie's beautiful. And so we moved 45 minutes down the road to Erie, Pennsylvania, and it has been absolutely awesome. And Erie is beautiful, and it's okay to love Erie, as I have learned. Uh, That's kind of one of the slogans here. But anyways, um, I guess I would just say this. So it's been two and a half years that I've been here. They have flown by. It has been absolutely crazy huge learning curve coming from a church of a couple hundred people and a staff of, you know, maybe three, four, five people to, you know, this situation, which is, uh, you know, a church of about 500 people and um, just a lot larger staff, a lot more programming, a lot more just everything. Um, There's obviously the school that's attached to the church here, which my kids attend. It has been um, awesome, though. It's been a great... uh, just a great opportunity to really like find myself as a pastor and to um, to get affirmed as a pastor, to walk with people who are raising me up. Um, as I kind of alluded to earlier, I'm going through um, some classes online uh, to be uh, credentialed in the Assemblies of God denomination, which have been great, and I've learned a ton through those. But also I love the fact that, you know, I have behind me now uh, two giant bookshelves covered in books. I have read countless books from some great pastors, some great authors, and I've really had the chance to refine my theology and and define what it is I believe um, and what I, you know, and obviously um, the main book is the Bible that I, that, you know, we, we search through to find these things, but um, it has been a really great opportunity for me to establish who I am as a leader and as a pastor and learn uh, also from some other great leaders and pastors. And I love uh, grabbing Pastor Don Fisher and pulling him in and uh, just getting his perspective on things as he's a little further down the road than I am. Um, So it's been good. And I guess I say all this to say um, I wasn't looking to necessarily get into full-time ministry Um, But much like Pastor Nicole alluded to in that very first podcast, callings don't work with conditions, Um, that truly, um, I wouldn't have said it at the time, but looking back, that is my story. Much like she said, that is her story. Um, I came to a place in my relationship with Jesus where I just decided um, he knew better than I did. And if he... uh, had plans for me to end up being a pastor, 
what was I going to cost myself running from those and trying to do things my way? Um, and so in insisting that uh, that's not what I wanted to do, I didn't go to Bible college. I didn't get a traditional degree, and I'm okay with that, but I guess I would look back now and, and question, did I cost myself opportunities to meet great people, learn great things, develop great relationships, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not saying all this to say I would change my story one bit. I love my story. I love how God has written it, and I love how his hand is all over it. Um, but it, it is just interesting, and it's a great reminder of the, I guess, I don't know how else to say it other than the opportunity costs that we um, we cost ourselves when we uh, insist on doing it our way. I think of the story of Jonah in the Bible who was told very clearly to go reach the people of Nineveh, and he had no desire to do that. And so he decided to run the other direction. And um, if you read the end of that story, obviously he comes back to his senses. He does go reach Nineveh. Um, Nineveh, I guess this would be my takeaway in this moment. Nineveh is going to get reached either way. If God has a plan to reach Nineveh, um, if God has a plan to reach people in Erie, Pennsylvania, he's going to do it with or without my help. But if he has purposed that I would help him, what am I going to cost myself to not trust him and run at his plan? And so anyways, um, yeah, that's, I guess that's kind of my story and, and my big challenge to people. Um, you know, I have had the opportunity to, uh, I guess the, maybe a better word is I've had the audacity to write a couple books and self-publish them on, um, on amazon.com. And, you know, my, I, my challenge to people all the time is my mantra in life is do the best you can with what you have, where you're at. Um, and that's really been what I've tried to do, um, when I sit down and pound out, you know, 12,000 words into a book and, and kind of condense a, a conversation, a subject into one uh, package for people. And I really just believe that, you know, after costing, potentially costing myself um, time and uh, costing Jesus progress, Uh, because of my selfish ways, I now want to live my life in a way where if he says to do something, I want to do it. Uh, I want to do it right now. I don't want to question it. And that's easier said than done. And obviously it it comes out pretty smooth on a podcast, but in real life that can be hard to execute. But I really do want to live in such a way that, uh, you know, that when he gives uh, a nudge in a certain direction, I'm ready to embrace it. So let me give you uh, three quick points on how I do that to kind of wrap up today. And this is actually from the sermon that I wrote yesterday uh, on uh, really hearing from God was kind of the um, the premise of the sermon. I think sometimes we think we hear from God and uh, we're unsure if, is this really from God? I mean, that it, it's definitely... Saying I hear from God is a tricky thing, right? Uh, so this, these are three, three spots in a filter, if you will, that I have uh, learned to apply. Psalm 1, 
said, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields fruit in its season. Let me start there. Uh, Point number one in the filter, I believe that, and actually this was pointed out to me by John Eldridge at Ransomed Heart Ministries, so I'm not going to take credit for this, but um, I believe you read here in the beginning of Psalm 1 the contrast of two different people, two different ways of life, if you will. Way number one, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. When we try to run at the pace of the world, when we try to run uh, one foot in, one foot out, as I referenced earlier, uh, we will not be blessed. We will be tired. We will struggle. We will be a mess, uh, but we will not be blessed. That is for sure. But when we purpose to delight in his word, to spend time with him, to live at a slower pace of life that is healthier, that is not at the speed of a smartphone, and that is not um, just completely ruled by all the dings and notifications and noises that come our way, we will uh, be blessed. And so I really truly believe that, and it's something that is hard to do in 2020, It is something that is hard to do as phones continue to barrage us with things and we live in an entertainment world and it's, we're all vying for, you know, slice of the entertainment pie or whatever. Um, So I I get it, but it is very important that we find ways, we chisel out time, we discipline ourselves and we choose not to run at the pace of the world, but we choose to run or actually slow down and walk with Jesus at his pace. Verse number three says, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. So if we are walking at this slower pace, and then we are, um, when we are walking at the slower pace, we have a better opportunity to hear from him. Because we are not, it is you know, they say God speaks in a still small voice. God whispers. He's not going to shout at you. Well, if you're running at a million miles an hour and he's whispering, you're probably not going to hear it. So that would be point number one. We need to slow down so we can hear him. Point number two would be this. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields fruit, yields its fruit in season. When we feel like we're hearing from God, here's the question I would ask to confirm. Is this really from God or is this my desires? Is this my hopes? Is this my intentions? What will the fruit of this action be? So if I hear from God or I think I hear from God, do X, Y, Z. And I'm questioning, is this truly from God or am I applying my own desires on this? Well, here's the question. What's the fruit of this decision going to be? Is this fruit going to limit my time with others? Is this is the fruit of this decision going to, um, you know, slow down uh, my life or speed up my life? Is this going to clog up my life or free up my life? Is this going to make it harder to be uh, with my family or easier? Is this going to be harder to be with Jesus or easier? And so I think, you know, we can look at what will the result of this choice be? What will the fruit of this choice be? And that helps us know truly because we know 
the way God would have us to live. So when you know the way God would have you live, you know that he's only going to give you directions that draw you closer to that way of life, not take you away from it. Okay, so that is points one and two of this three-point filter, as I call it. And then I already alluded to um, to verse six earlier in the podcast, uh, but it says, for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, the way of the wicked leads to destruction. My question for you, when you feel you've heard from God, here would be the final step in the filter. Do you have an unwavering confidence in what you're about to do? Meaning, because you are, because you feel this decision, this choice is from God, and you've weighed the uh, the fruit or, or the result of the choice, are you now walking into it with a bold, almost uh, illogical confidence? If the answer to that is yes, then I would say you have the peace that passes understanding and you have God behind you. You have the Lord watching over the way of the righteous. Um, So if those three things don't check out, uh, if you are running like crazy and you feel like you're hearing from God, I'm not saying that you're not, but slow down and make sure. If If you have slowed down and now you're looking at what will the fruit of the decision be, Um, then you're probably headed in the right direction. But then point three, do you have an unwavering confidence? And here would be, here would be my only, I guess my closing statement, and then I'm going to wrap this podcast up. My closing uh, thing would be this. If you run that three-step filter through whatever you're hearing in your prayer time and you can't walk away with it, that's okay. Spend more time in prayer. Ultimately, I think what God is after is your heart. He's not necessarily after your decision or the action or the result, the fruit. He's just after the time, the time with you, the relationship. That can be very hard for a task-oriented person like me. And so if that is you as well, I can relate. Um, But ultimately, I believe that is, um, you know, that is what is most important. And these are are the types of things. I definitely did not use a three-step Psalm 1 filter throughout my story, um, but I did as well. So I, I didn't have the words for this until yesterday when I wrote this sermon, but as I look back on my story, um, these are the types of things that we did. We really did strive to, in those hard moments, and those big decision moments, slow down, ask God what he's trying to teach us, ask God what will the fruit of this choice be when I chose to walk away from business things and step into ministry things? What will the fruit of that be? Uh, we'll, maybe we'll take steps back financially, but we'll take steps forward with influence for your kingdom. Uh, that's good fruit. And then when we really, truly had spent our time on those two things, we were able to uh, walk in that bold and unwavering confidence. But I will tell you this, there were a lot of times along the way where we didn't have that unwavering confidence yet, and so we just spent time in his word and in prayer and being patient. And there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of regular Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays on the road to those big hinge moments and big decisions that change your life, and those days are just as important. So anyways, thank you for letting me indulge myself. Hopefully this has helped uh, someone. I, I, you know, um, if nothing else, hopefully you feel like you know me more. Uh, and kind of know where I'm coming from. I uh, love the church. I love 
the the path God has put me on, and I love and am humbled by the opportunity to lead anyone at all. Um, but it just proves that God is a great God with big plans, bigger than we ever understand, and He uh, will see them come to fruition in His way and in His timing, and I love Him for it. So have an awesome uh, week wherever you're catching this, and uh, can't wait to share the next podcast with you coming up here in just a couple of weeks. We'll talk soon.